Uncle Leo. Hello. Hello there. How you doing? <laughs> How are you? Good, good. How's your mom and dad? Good, fine. What, are you getting to be too much of a big shot now to give me a call? I don't hear from you anymore. Oh, no. I've been kind of busy, that's all. You know where I just came from? Danny Barma. Oh, sure. Danny. He used to be in the pajama business. I used to be able to get pajamas for free. I used to come over and get pajamas all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. The funny thing is, I can't wear them. I get too hot. I sleep in my underwear and a t-shirt. If it gets too hot, I just get the t-shirt off. Anyway, Danny says to me, you need any pajamas? I I'm sorry, Uncle Leo, but I've really got to get going. Oh, well, you got to get going, so go. We, uh, we, we got a big meeting. Nobody got a gun to your head. Yeah, I'm uh, really sorry. Go, really. I understand. You got an appointment. Go to your appointment. I'm sorry, really. You know, I know plenty of Hollywood people, too. August 5th, 2018. Hello, everybody. Hello. So we have a ton of news to talk about, but... The biggest thing, um, hopefully most of you have, have already heard the news by now, but we have sad news in that uh, we must report that um, Seth Adam Schur, longtime pendant director and actor, passed away a few weeks ago. Yes. It was very sudden, very surprising. If you're new to pendant and you're maybe not sure, um, um, you know, who Seth was, because he, he stepped back in recent years, but um, he was the director of Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion for the first 44 episodes. He was the director of most of the first season of The Kingery, and he was doing those two things simultaneously for a while. He was superhuman. That's insane, directing that two shows insane. in a month. And uh, Dixie partially came about because he came to us and said, you know what, I would love to do a show that was in the style of old-time radio because I love, he loved old-time radio so much. And he said, so do you think you could come up with something? It'd be really cool if there was like a pilot or something. And then Dixie sprang out of that, just yeah. from that suggestion from him. Um, that was amazing, and he did voice acting for us for a really long time, and he was a huge, huge part of Early Pendant, and we wouldn't have been able to expand and grow the way we did without him. So, it is a very big loss, and we will miss him dearly. And even though he had stepped back from Pendant, we kept in touch with him over mm -hmm. the years, and yes. he was always the kind of guy you could just have a nerdy conversation with oh, yeah. about something. He loved the nerd stuff. He did, and we had just been talking about nerd stuff. and He was the... our people. Yes, yeah. and... I, I felt like I had just been talking to him when I heard the news, and we'd been talking about the Expanse and how excited we were they were going to get another season, and yeah. um, how much he loved the books, and I hadn't read the books yet, so he, and he was just excited for me, like, you know, because that's what nerds are like, you know, they're excited for the stuff you are yet to discover. And he was always very excited for anybody who was just getting into audio or was just kind of starting to be interested in it. He was very encouraging and supportive of everybody. And uh, he was a really big nerd. He was part of a, a Klingon Star Trek fan group and yep. all kinds of great stuff. He was just just like all the rest of us. <laughs> so, yeah, It was wonderful. Um, we're going to have a little tribute to him later. We're going to re-air uh, his interview that Jordan did with him from several years back. So you have that to look forward to. And we'll have a little bit of extra um, with him at the end of the show if you stay tuned until then. So I don't know how you, you move on to news from there. That's kind of sad stuff. And now the news. And now the news. Very sorry if this is the first you're hearing about it. Yes. Um, I think most of you follow our social media feeds and we've posted right, about it there we before. We tried to let everyone know yeah. as much as possible. But I, we also know that there are some of you that only listen to us through iTunes or podcast subscription services and never go to the website or our social media feeds. So uh, we wanted to be sure we put something in here about it just in case yes. uh, there were others who didn't know. Okay. So let's talk about some, some pendant news, shall we? Whew. Okay. Um, there's a ton of active radioactive radio news to talk about. Great! I don't remember where we left off in the last twip, but we will tell you now that the episode two, this is of the web series, of course, mm -hmm. um, director's cut was done, uh, and completely finalized, and we finalized the final cut, and we're having the cast screening for episode two, actually, today, this Sunday. How about that? Yeah. And we don't have a, oh, wait, no, we do have a date. We're not sure for the Kickstarter backers. They get to see the episodes and everything first. They get it early because right. they were so cool. So if we do another one of those, you, you want to jump on that. But anyway, Definitely. we'll be letting them know when they'll get to um, see it soon. But it's going to premiere for everybody on September 19th. Mark that down. Yep. And the episode three director's cut is also done. 
and was sent into the wonderful Miss Anna Rodriguez for her audio mixing magic. Yep. And she has turned in the first draft of that. We're uh, working with her on that now. So that's going to be done and cut down to the final cut really soon, too. And it's going to premiere for the general public on October 17th. Yes. So September and October, you will have episodes two and three of our web series, which is really cool. I am excited. I'm excited, too. They're coming out so great. You will like it. The cast is, they're even more comfortable in their characters on screen now than they were in the pilot, so it's even better. It's just so good. It's a delight. It's a delight. We updated the website for the Pendant Shakespeare in the About section. Don't know if you've looked, but each show has a little bit about that tells you about the show from the people who are working on it, what they think of the show, what they're trying to do with the show. And uh, so we updated that with a bit from Landon Bell, the show's dramaturge and director for a very long time before that. And um, so he hadn't um, ever sent anything in. And luckily he noticed because I, ha- I hadn't noticed. So he finally did. And we updated it right away. And so you can go check that out. We we stay up on the website. Kind of. I updated it quick once, <laughs> once he sent it to me. Okay. We're just um, kind of busy. That other show we haven't told you about that's going to have four scripts that we said two were locked. Three Secret are show. locked. Three of them are locked now. Just one left to go. Just Three one. Three secret scripts are locked. One script unlocked, but right. soon to be locked. Soon. And then hopefully once that's done, we can tell you about the next steps in the production process and uh, maybe announce it sometime soon. Yes. Jordan Gottlieb, our interviewer, has asked me to ask you folks for questions, uh, for interview questions for Susan and myself, because we are going to be the guests next month for episode 100 of TWIP. Oh, wow. So he said specifically he so, wanted us to ask you guys to send in lots of questions oh, for us. Wow. Yeah. So you're going to hear even more of us in that episode. It'll be too much of us. It'll be just all of us. Just too much. Just a lot. Sorry in advance. Sorry. Okay. And then the last bit of news, which isn't really much news, but it's a cool thing. If you're watching Glow, <gasps> Glow! on Netflix, which is a really, really I fabulous show. It's Glow. such a good show. Season two is so good, you guys. In season two, episode five... There happens to be a bar, and it happens to be called Shenanigans. Yeah. Which no, is, of no course... spoilers. I mean, it's that's just not a, a story thing. spoiler. It's not a spoiler. It's just there. But there's a cool neon sign that says Shenanigans. And, of course, in case any of you aren't aware, that is the name of the um, house of ill repute, I suppose you could call it, in the Kingery since season one, way back in 2006. So, I don't... I mean, I, think, I don't think they stole it from us. They, no, they're all listening to Kingery, and they're like, if they it did, was a nod to us, I'm sure. It's hella cool. I'm sure. It's just a coincidence, but it's a cool one anyway. It is, right? Okay. That's all our news. That's it. So we're going to move on, and we're going to give you some great Seth Adams shirt goodness, so check out the interview and appreciate what a great dude he was. From San Francisco, California, we have Seth Adams shirt on the line. Hello, Seth. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. Absolutely well. Having a good week. Good, uh, not so quite work heavy week, so everything's okay from here. That's always good. That's always good. And the cats are quiet, so a double plus good. Excellent. Let's take advantage of that while we can. Yes, please. (laughs) All right, so we have questions. From the pendulums, we have questions um, that I've got, and uh, I'm guessing you have answers. Um, I'm going to say a tentative yes. <laughs> Excellent. And for so, others, a tentative maybe. <laughs> so let's start with Dixie. Boomkit Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. A pendant production. God, I miss doing that. Uh, I haven't heard that live ever, but haven't heard that in a while. I have to go back it, and listen to it stuff. It still rolls off without any... It, boom, there it goes. It does. It does. That was a whole hell of a lot of fun. It's From from a listener standpoint, it sounded like it was fun. Good. That's the way I wanted it to sound. So, what made you want to work on Dixie? Um, well... I have a long-standing absolute adoration for radio theater uh, from when I was very, very young, nine or ten, and first heard my heard my first 
uh, radio theater broadcast, which of course was Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater doing War of the Worlds, the, the infamous broadcast, not just famous. And having basically my uh, creativity torn about, torn apart and about and skyrocketed through radio theater and radio drama and audio drama and all the different various names that people have given it over the years. And it uh, pretty much from then was my favorite entertainment medium um, up to this day. And uh, after I'd moved um, cross country to San Francisco uh, back in uh, 95 and settled myself here, I went around looking for uh, to see um, both in the real world and online, which was just really starting back then. Right. There wasn't much of an internet, but you know, it was starting. And seeing if there were still some groups out there that would do radio theater, that, that um, there were places that weren't just having rebroadcasts of, of the old classic radio theater shows that I had grown up on, but was doing something new. Um, or doing like reissues like Sherlock Holmes or, or uh, Shakespearean shows. Uh, new, new recordings, new casts, new things. And I found a couple, actually, I found a couple of, of local groups who do live radio theater in the Bay Area. But I also went online and found groups that were doing it through the tried and true uh, satellite broadcast uh, recording method that we all know of and love these days, um, where basically anyone with a computer and a, a microphone and a, a, a power for both uh, could do voices and, and record them and get them to an editor and they can make basically audio dramas from home. And I started looking about and, and responding to auditions from places like Pendant uh, when it was just a wee bear just a wee bear. Um, and also on uh, Darker Projects, I found them pretty much at the same time mm -hmm. and tried out for um, some of the different shows on there. Um, but I also noticed that they were doing more modern shows. And I also and I, I wanted that, but I also wanted things that would harken back to that more carefree time, the time of like Raiders of the Lost Ark, the more adventure serials like, like Hop Harrigan, like Speed Gibson, like... Uh, Captain Midnight and those type of adventure shows, and no one was really doing that. They were doing a lot. There were a lot of tie-ins, media tie-in, uh, but not a lot were doing uh, original shows. There were some here and there, uh, but nothing of that vein. Um, and so I uh, emailed Jeffrey very tentatively because you know he's the the master of pen and audio, and you don't just go talking to the master. Just you know, off the cuff, you have to be introduced, right? 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 Right, Jeffrey? Right? Jeffrey? right. <laughs> you need an entry card, but I didn't know that. <clears throat> so I sent him an email, being all brass, and and was talking to him about um, uh, doing uh, possibly doing a show like those. And uh, during the conversation, I basically went flat out and said, I challenge you. I challenge you, if you will write this type of show, I'll direct it. I won't just lend my voice to it and, and try to get somebody else to do all the work in putting the show together, but I would put the show together. And he grabbed it and ran with it. Absolutely full out. Oh, yeah. Um, but I remember um, also giving one stipulation to the show um, for you know, other than it being you know classically set during World War II and involved fighter planes and all that, but the, the lead character would be a woman, a female fighter pilot in World War II, um, basically taking the old conventions of radio theater and giving it a better modern spin. What spin. what made you want to have a female lead? Um, because there weren't a whole lot of female leads in adventure serials by then that I had heard. There were some, like Candy Matson mm -hmm. as one, and um, in uh, the Byron show of, over on Darker Projects. Okay. Uh, I believe have had Laura Post in, in a very, very primal, if not the lead, sort of. Um, 
David Alt may dispute that. <laughs> <clears throat> but there wasn't a huge amount, and I always thought that basically women could be as good or better fighter pilots and said, let's change it up. Okay. Bring it into the 20th, almost 21st century. It was something I wanted to hear. Well, he definitely ran with it. We got 50 episodes. Mm -hmm. And you directed most of those. I directed um, almost all of them except for the final like five or six mm-hmm. uh, when um, after I had transitioned over to work uh, drafting, excuse me, not, it's not work. Production is not work. Drafting um, and doing production design for the colonial radio theater, a professional uh, commercial outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work there had gotten so stacked up that I just, I couldn't uh, keep it up. And unfortunately had to give, uh, I had to start giving it some, awa- some away that's when uh, my friend Jim Hamilton came on board to direct part of the show, mm-hmm. half the show, and had a wonderful time doing it. He wanted to do the commercials and the, the end credit sequences, which were just fantastic. <laughs> he really, really had the nuts and bolts for them. Um, I remember lots of punching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Volker. Um, Fortunately, right there to the end, um, I had to give it up because the work was basically the the work. There I go. There I go again. The design was getting just too much onto my schedule. Your plate runneth over. My plate runneth over. And it was um, unfortunately both the shows that I was working on, the Dixie for Pendant, and at that point, it was a uh, a, a uh, period show that I was working on at Colonial Radio set during the French and Indian War, mm. which is very rarely done in any medium. Um, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get onto the production team at Colonial Radio so I could do more period work like Dixie, like uh the the french and indian war show called ticonderoga and that then and period pieces is something crt is known for um especially colonial era america and i really really went for that and unfortunately they kind of butted heads at that time Hmm. so i had to make a choice for better or worse gotcha and so i gave off um i had to give off dixie at the end even if I was still going to voice there. Any regrets not completing the directing? Yeah, regrets. Um, but absolute uh, uh, absolute joy at um, the two who took over mm-hmm. and guided it through the end. They were amazing. Even though I was trying to, to impose a little bit more of my style than I should have on them. <laughs> They're to, you know, trying, trying to tell them how to mix it. I shouldn't have done that. Um, but they, they carried it through. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are amazing. And they did absolutely amazing job at the end. But yes, I do regret not being able to finish it. So when I first started listening to Pendant many years ago, Dixie hadn't even started doing commentaries yet. Right. And we didn't do until like second season-ish, somewhere like near the middle of the second season, I think? Something like that, I think, yes. Around, like, episode 17 or 8, if I remember correctly. Can we look at the website? Um, way ahead of you. The first audio track is on episode 15, released October 2nd, 2007. Such a long time ago. Yes. Where has the time flown? <laughs> episode one premiered on July fourth, two thousand six. Yep, we wanted it that way. Yep. That um... kind citizens, thank you for listening. <laughs> so, when I first started listening to Pendant, and I sent out um, an email to the Yahoo group, you were one of the first, I th- if not the first person, to respond to me, welcoming me into. The, the the community 
and I, promptly I, told me to get my butt over and start listening to Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. That was me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I have to admit, I didn't right away because at the time, okay. old timey stuff wasn't my bag, but it just made the time I had to wait between episodes that much shorter when I did get around to listening to it, and I loved it. That's what people do nowadays. They wait for TV shows to come out on DVD and then pretty much merge on the season. Yeah. Right there. Well, it wasn't that I had planned on waiting. It's I had my own, you know, from my own, I guess, worldview, and I remember regretting not starting it earlier. So those of you out there who have not listened to Dixie, get your butt over to PendantAudio.com. Start downloading episodes right now. We'll wait for you. It's unfortunate that maybe you didn't start earlier, but that you came to the party at all is enough, and that's a big yay. Yay. And it, it was a, a fun show, and the idea of putting commercials into the show I thought was brilliant. <laughs> Just like classic radio shows. Mm-hmm. Had to be done. But the way they evolved was totally <laughs> Jeffrey, brilliant. <clears throat> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, misfortune divine. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so when it comes to acting, um, yes. do you prefer more modern kind of roles or do you like going into into the past? Um, I like a combination of both, actually. I don't mind doing period pieces or more modern pieces. I, I want a, a full palette on my voice because this, this entertainment medium, radio theater, is what prompted me to go for voice acting in the first place. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a commercial actor. I didn't want to necessarily do cartoons, although I do in certain ways, especially certain animes. It was because of radio theater that I wanted to be a voice actor and to be able to be as versatile with my voice in a medium that only uses sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much guaranteed that you had to be a quality artist there to be able to get the meanings through. Right. That to me was the greatest challenge. There are too many advertisings these days where the voice is just kind of there and very plain and kind of boring. And I didn't want that. I wanted to be, I wanted to do radio theater. Right which was all about carrying everything through your voice, every emotion possible. And I wanted to experience every emotion possible to get the job done. It's still a passion of mine, obviously. I can tell. How about classical stuff like Shakespeare? Shakespeare... Um, I, I do want the challenge. However, it's something I'm absolutely terrified of because I have a uh, an intellectual challenge with the the writing style, with the language style, the 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 play of words. I am not. It it doesn't come very quickly to my mind how to operate it. Or to, to basically translate the, the, the lyrics, um, the words, the lyrics, into my brain to be able to, to vocalize them as correctly as I feel I should. It, it's, it, it's a mental issue that I'm, uh, that, that I'm absolutely wanting to challenge, but it terrifies me. I've said in a couple interviews that I've always had a hard time wrapping my brain around... Shakespeare, and I think you just voiced exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. Now, where Shakespeare is involved, I'm I'm actually more of a modern uh, uh, fan of that through people like Kenneth Branagh, mm-hmm. who you know his Henry V is is on you know my staple of top ten films. Mm. Um, but it's it's because of of. Uh, producers like that that help me to get what's going on more than the classical 
but still there's a, a lot of uh, of talking of talk that takes me a very long while to wait okay that's what he was saying right right Un- of, of understanding so uh, with the the wild bill Shakespeare show uh, <laughs> you may not see that many auditions for me but every now and then I do enjoy letting my voice um, which I have been doing actually for much much ado about nothing if I remember correctly and who are you in much ado? I am Conrad if uh, if that's how his his name is pronounced, Conrad, Conrado, um, one of the side characters. Excellent. Um, and I get a couple of scenes here and there, which I hopefully do rather rather okay with. It's one of those when I record those, I, it's pretty much like flinging spaghetti on the wall and hope, <laughs> hoping one strand sticks. Right. Yeah. Well, looking forward to hearing you in that. Moving on to another show you had a little bit to do with, mm-hmm. um, Kingery. Yes, uh, a little bit to do with that. <laughs> For the first like what nine, ten episodes. How how much? And I get to I got to actually um after it was after I had done with the the production of that I actually later on I got to to do a, I got to be a bartender. Yes. On the on the on the show, who dies? <laughs> I got to be a dead bartender. That was cool. So you wrote for the first nine episodes, then? Um, I did two of the the nine episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth episode and like the sixth or eighth or something like that. I forget uh, which was the later episode, which number it was. But I got to do two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also add my, um, since all the episodes were written by a team, we you know got together and discussed it. So I got to lend um, a bit of my uh, notes, um, my ideas to the the team that would write all those episodes. Right. Um, but there were two that were penned by me, hauntingly, nervously. Any plans to come back to Kingery? Um, I would like to come back to Kingery. I wouldn't mind uh, being a vocalist. Um, I haven't been doing a lot of voice acting the past couple of years. Um, the production effort has been my mainstay. Mm. Uh, I've gotten kind of gotten away from that, but I want back in. So I will be looking at uh, casting calls as they come out, mm-hmm. um, or any ninja castings. <clears throat> <laughs> How about um, getting back on the writing team? Um, on the writing team, I'm not very comfortable as a writer. It's something that I've done kind of that, that'll, you know, if there's an idea in my head that just won't shut up, I'll write it down and get it out. But um, as, as hopefully good as those episodes were, I hope they were good, um, I had, uh, it was shivering. I was very, very nervous in writing those. And I, I wasn't at all sure that my writing style was very clean or mm-hmm. clear. And I populated it with some interesting uh, quotes from other media mm-hmm. um, in certain respects, uh, which I probably shouldn't do. But still, there you are. Um, it was fun to uh, produce like it was um, a, a casino show, like almost like CSI. I actually um, draft that as a as an inspiration for how um, I had originally put the Kingery together to make okay. it sound like it was happening almost on a casino at Earth mm-hmm. near an airport, but you know, put spaceships, you know, rockets blasting off, and and a little bit of laser uh, sounds there. But all in all, uh, I wanted it to be a recognizable place to most people. Not sound overtly sci-fi. Right. But somebody, wait, hey, I've been to that casino. Right, right. So instead of writing for a show, you come up with ideas and challenge Jeffrey to make them. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I feel I'm better at generating ideas, not so much getting them out onto paper. (laughs) Any ideas popping up in your head lately? Um, a few. Mm-hmm. And the people that, that I'm interested in um, opining them to are interested. 
but uh, no tractions yet. Yet. Okay. Um, and that's as uh, that's as much as I can say right now. Right. Well, if it has, I, um, I did uh, get to have some fun writing um, a short story for a seminar that was originally going to be like a three or four part story. Um, mm-hmm. The first one was called Runaway. Mm. Uh, it was back when Cat, 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 Cat was running seminar. <laughs> um, and she put the show together. It was a, an, an action piece where a, twi- a star, a twin to another star, was basically t- turning runaway and going to basically exit out that star system and destroy all life. Um, and this this one ship that was tracking it. Oh, interesting. Um, I forget what season it is, but it's called Runaway. Um, and that was that was cool. That was fun. And also, an earlier uh, story, short story called Escape Pod, which was an interesting idea about uh, the 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 last survivors of a uh, a starship that exploded. And basically, they're just you know in an escape pod, hoping for rescue. Um, and another one, another uh, short story, very short story called ESB, called Empire Strikes Back, about a kid that owns an Empire typewriter, you know, an actual typewriter that springs to life <laughs> and threatens to take over the world. So that was fun. But those were basically didn't come came nat- very naturally very well to me mm-hmm. so I pretty much uh, put those to bed and uh, even though I was thinking about expanding upon the the one runaway story it never really got many legs okay I think I'm better at putting shows together and and vocalizing so that's where I'm staying well if any of these ideas that you have are half as good as your Dixie concept, you should be getting some good stuff. We'll see. Knock on <laughs> so, you've uh, gotten a bit more involved in seminar lately. We've been hearing, and I think especially in the upcoming uh, On the Next, mm-hmm. on we the hear next. you a bit more. Um, that's true. I've gotten a, a bit more involved in the seminar storyline. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, Student 3 has a, a, a bit more of a curve coming mm-hmm. or in play. And it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting little little twist that we're hoping will interest our listeners. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> And that's fun. It's been a while since I've been involved with that. Were you surprised to find out that Student 3 was coming back? Uh, actually, I was. I, I didn't know um, for a while. Um, and There they are. And there's a cat who is definitely demanding of he, He's never been fluffed. He's never been petted. He's never had any attention whatsoever. As you can tell. Mm. Um, but I enjoyed what the what the, what's going on with Student Three. It, it had been a while, and I thought I thought Student Three had basically gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he just didn't die. Just you know, plain death. It's an interesting revitalization. We'll see where it lands. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to be too deceptive, but I don't want to give much away to potentially spoil. No, no, we definitely don't want to do that. Any plans to direct for Pendant again? I've learned never to say never. However, my inbox is rather full for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying no, um, but right now it's it would be a huge schedule conflict. Gotcha. Right now. Later, we'll see. Well, I know Jeffrey gets show pitches from time to time, and they hit all different stages, and 
they take a while to get into production, so anything's possible. Anything is possible. Absolutely anything. Anything! There, I said, dropping into my radio announcer voice again. <laughs> yes, that's right. Anything. I have to go back and listen to the whole, uh, the whole series again. Yes. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Thank you, America. Yes, you should re-listen to every single episode, one after another, after another. Don't close your eyes. Don't go to sleep. Listen to all. <laughs> When you're not doing pendant stuff, you obviously have a lot of stuff going on. What uh, what are you doing? Um, well, uh, there's a day job. Uh, I work for a, a company that does um, uh, research uh, down in, in downtown San Francisco, and that takes a good chunk of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but off that, and uh, I work downtown San Francisco, so going home immediately after work isn't quite so much the idea hanging around outdoors in the city, um, which I absolutely adore, <laughs> uh, is another thing that takes up a good chunk of time. Um, and then, of course, is the the production work that I have for Colonial Radio, um, which I do during the evenings, um, at least one scene per day. Um, it could be like a minute long. It could be three minutes. could be five minutes. Um, and I'm actually going to be working very soon in another couple of weeks i will be working um with david alt's voice um oh who, who you've probably heard before um, i i've heard a, i think there are two words from him that i i mm-hmm. have a hard time getting past yes i i think when you're in pendant for a while or listen to the earlier pendant stuff mm-hmm. once you hear those two words you're pretty much done oh yes i don't care who you are <laughs> I'm sorry to say he probably won't be saying those two words in that production. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will be working with him again, and it's been a while since uh, since Dixie, since uh, uh, Scar Trooper number two, which yes. I have absolute fond memories for. And I forget what they named. They actually, David and Philip came up with the names, the actual names of their characters at one point, and I abs- totally forgotten what they are. So somebody remind me. Somebody on the medium, like like Facebook or something, remind me, send me a note after this airs. Or David? David? Yeah, remind me. Anyway, uh, I get to work with him. He has uh, been picked as the principal character of Professor Pearson. Uh, Colonial Radio is doing a full cast dramatization of H.G. Wells' original novel, version of War of the Worlds. Ah. And he is in it. So he's going to be doing uh, Orson Welles' character. Actually, um, well, yes, but it's not Orson Welles' character. It's H.G. Wells' character. It's the original yes. character. It's the original settings, the um, the English countryside being sandblasted. Mm-hmm. Martian war machines. And I get to design Martian war machines. <laughs> Very cool. I was speaking of the uh, 1939? 1938. The news reporter edition of War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Late scientist Professor Richard Pearson. Um, one of the best vocalizations of that part ever. Ah, see, he didn't mention that when, when he did the, the interview with me. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll have to we'll have to do something to him for for that. But uh, well, it depends on when uh, he did the interview with that and when it aired. Um, it may have been before he was cast. Oh, okay. Depend that depends on on how far back it was. Ah, because this is uh, this is a recent. You know, I, I haven't started yet. Um, he finished the 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 recording. Uh, his, his lines uh, a couple of weeks ago, mm. so or last month, um, which was a couple of weeks ago. Right, it's June already. Jeez. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and that will be hopefully coming out somewhere around Halloween this year. We're hoping for a Halloween release. And and that is the traditional release for uh, War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. At least the earlier productions. 
yeah, we're hoping to follow tradition in a traditional way. That is very cool. I'll have to keep my eye out for that. Absolutely. Hopefully, we'll will it'll air um, on Sirius XM Radio, or hopefully it, it'll air on radio. Period. Oh, really? But also, it will be, of course, released on CD and MP3 through Audible and and uh, iTunes and Amazon and all those other online places that people go to. So, uh, what other things do you have going on? I've also got. Uh, let's see. I'm also working on. I'm the uh, the principal producer for their longtime western show, Powder River, mm-hmm. which some people may know. Um, since the since a couple of years ago, with the fifth season, I'm now working on in the middle of the fourth of the the fourth the seventh season. Excuse me, um, of twelve episodes per season, um, and that's a lot of fun doing a, a western. Uh, show from like 1880s and getting to play with all the classic uh, pistol sounds and the horse sounds and Indian sounds um, and steam train sounds not not train regular train but steam train sounds mm-hmm. and and getting basically a classic feel without any new technology sounds whatsoever um, and having to pay attention to the types of sounds I use, like old doorknob sounds, old footstep sounds, uh, and and uh, let's see what else. Uh, I can probably say sometime later this year, um, the one production, I, other production I can talk about is that after War of the Worlds, after I'm done season seven of Powder River, I will be also producing um, our full cast dramatization of Jules Verne's adventure story around the world in 80 days. Wow. Yeah. So I got, I got two to be able to, to, to work on two classic, classic sci-fi fantasy slash speculative fiction, uh, stories that have, that I grew up with. Wow. That's awesome. That's basically making the kid in me jump for joy. (laughs) Um, and that's right now what's happening with me. Wow, that is very, very cool stuff. And also managing two very, very uh, annoyed cats that I'm not paying attention to them. <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait, kitties. All right, well. What's going on with you? <laughs> oh, you know. Stuff. Stuff. Good things. This isn't about me. Anything else you want to bring up for the pendulums to get to know Seth a little bit better? Um, I used to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, uh, beat matching DJ, not just you know picking one song after another. Well, it was picking some, one song after another, but it was seamlessly mixing the songs, beat matching style in clubs. Um, and I also put a lot of, of the mixes that I did online um through my website as uh my name was dj fanboy <laughs> yes that's right um so uh like me on facebook and every now and then i will be posting a mix but there are four mixes that are always on my website at www.audiogoodness.com slash dj fanboy that's cool and of course the website where i i uh list my resume is audiogoodness.com so go to there to see what's happening and check out the the links to the voice the sound design demos and speak to your friends and speak to your comrades in the industry and let them know that I'm here thank you America and good night (laughs) and with that we'll close out Seth, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I really appreciate it. Personally, um, I've enjoyed all the stuff that you've done uh, since I've been listening to to Pendant. So when you said you'd do the interview, I was just thrilled. Thank uh, thank you very much. And, of course, you are most welcome. I'm still around. Keep tabs on Pendant Audio for more from Seth Adam Schur. And keep listening to more Pendant Audio in general. Because their work is cool. Definitely. 
If anyone would like to get a hold of me, you can find me on Pendant at uh, get a hold of me on Twitter. I am at JG underscore QA, or you can get a hold of me on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot 5036. I know I keep saying this, but someday I will get around to shortening that. The Book of Face. The Book of Face, yes. <laughs> Once again, Adam, thank you so much. You are absolutely most welcome. Thank you. That was fun. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. Coming out Wednesday, August 8th, Kingery, Season 9, Episode 11. Are you looking at something naughty? It's not naughty. I'm not programmed for naughtiness. Next time on The Kingery. How do you feel? Like I was damn near turned into a liquid by G-forces. Oh. Wait, that is what happened. Grumpy. A little. Yeah, you'll feel better soon. I hope so, sweetheart. It's Tom... Um, is Allison here? I need to talk to him right now, Socks. He's in danger. We're all in danger. Madeline, you're scaring me. Good. Be scared. I don't know how this happened. I need to get out of here before. Well, good morning, Mr. Arkell. Morning. Um, this probably looks kind of bad. Kinda. Only at PendantAudio.com. Are you kidding me? Coming out Wednesday, August 15th, King John, Act 5, The Pendant Shakespeare. Thus have I yielded up into your hand the circle of my glory. Next time on The Pendant Shakespeare. Upon our sides it never shall be broken. And noble dolphin, albeit we swear a voluntary zeal, and an unurged faith to your proceedings, yet believe me, prince, I am not glad that such a sore of time should seek a plaster by contempted revolt, and heal the inveterate canker of one wound by making many. Lift up thy brow, renowned Salisbury, and with a great heart heave away the storm. Who's there? Speak, ho! Speak quickly or I shoot! A friend, what art thou? This fever that hath troubled me so long lies heavy on me. Oh, my heart is sick. Destiny barrels forward in King John, Act 5, presented by the Wild Bill Variety Show. I have a kind soul that would give you thanks and knows not how to do it but with tears. Listen or catch up anytime on desktop or mobile at PendantAudio.com. Coming out Wednesday, August 29th, Seminar, Episode 82. Next, on an all-new seminar. The squad you've been shadowing is in trouble. Communication with the team ceased two minutes ago. You have ten minutes to confirm their location and status. In times of crisis, trust is essential. You're such a tired optimist. I prefer hungry visionary. You're lucky I love you. But who truly deserves that trust? We both know I'm more of a shoot first, ignore questions later guy. So I'm really extending you a courtesy here. What are you two planning? In the end, can you really trust anyone but yourself? Don't forget that I got you this meeting. Um, after I saved your ass in the last one, let's just say there's not much room for negotiation. And there never has been. Explore these questions and more in stories written by Jer Cornegay in the next seminar, coming June 27, 2018, only at PendantAudio.com. La la la, the show is almost done. Okay, that's it. That's our show. That's the show. Hope you enjoyed reminiscing a bit with Seth. Yep, and pop on over to our social media feeds and talk about Seth. We certainly are. Yeah, or you can stop by our Discord, of course, as well, if you look us up Pendant Productions there. Yep. Everyone was talking about it a bit, you know, back up. We'll be happy to talk if anybody wants to drop in or has thoughts they want to share. Sure. Just want some support. We're all there for each other. Yep, definitely. All right. Um... Right, I gotta do my bit. Yeah. 
Be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Pendant Audio, the Twitter at Pendant Web. Uh, we're on Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com. You can look up Pendant Productions on YouTube and on Discord. Stop by and say hello, won't you? Say hi. Otherwise, we're just talking to ourselves and it gets kind of weird. It's not ourselves. There's other people there talking. It's not just us. I don't... That, then they'll come. You're trying to you're trying to make them feel sorry for us so I'm they'll come talk to, to on Discord? Yeah, I'm trying to trick them a little bit. Okay. Okay. You should have saved this for the whispery bit at the oh. end. Now what are we going to do? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see you back here next month. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. See? Now we got nothing to say. It would have been the perfect spot for it. <sighs> we'll fix it in post. No. No. You'll fix it in post. No. Damn it. Nah. The public never knew the true extent of the events of that day and went about their lives as normal. But that was what Dixie fought for, what she died for, and what she would have wanted. And so the world went on, and the first Brassy Battalion Fighter Squadron was never known to the public. Their victories never realized, their defeats never publicized, their existence never actualized. But we know of their deeds, dear listeners. We know of Dixie's sacrifice, and the sacrifice of all those who served alongside her, and who still serve today. Never forget them, and never forget Dixie Stenberg, for a little of her spirit and courage lives on in all of us. As Dixie herself said in a letter to her son, don't listen to nobody but yourself. Always be true to who you are inside and the rest will work itself out. Stay safe, America, and good night. This is Seth, signing off. Good fight. Good night. <laughs>